The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome back on this Tuesday morning as we take a few minutes out of our day uh, to be in God's word. And again, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you for participating in this and being part of it. Again, we hope it's a help. This morning, we're in the book of Ephesians as we're working our way to now Ephesians chapter number three. We're in Ephesians chapter number three, and I'm going to look at, I guess we almost call it more of a topic this morning. Uh, We see it kind of mentioned in two verses Uh, that we're going to reference, and I'm going to skip a few verses to get to one of them, and tomorrow uh, we'll cover those verses. And so the first thing I want to do is look at the two verses, and then I'll give you an idea of the topic. And it's a topic that we can see is true in the life of Paul in this time, but we can also see is true in our life, and hopefully will give us a little understanding as to why it is part of our life. So Paul, Ephesians, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1 uh, Paul starts this section. Please remember, uh, I like to give a little bit of in, uh, teaching interpretation to this, and please remember that um, the verses, verse numbers, chapter divisions, those were placed there by preachers uh, as you know, kind of as they were trying to help people follow along with them. They were not put in there by Paul. Uh, they were not put in there by the Holy Spirit. They're not inspired. So when I say start, it, it's kind of a new section of thought, but it is, this is six chapters is one letter to the church at Ephesus. So as he continues, he makes this comment. Because you can see right there at the beginning of verse 1, for this cause. And so he starts by referencing the things that he had referenced in the end of chapter 2. So he's not starting over. He's just kind of bringing a conclusion to this thought before he starts a new one. But in here he says, verse 1, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. And we mentioned yesterday the premise of prisoner. And by the way, I apologize. I watched a bit of the video afterwards and realized the audio was really poor yesterday. I'm not sure if there was something. I, I use on those days when I do it at home, I use just the microphone on my computer, my laptop, and it just did not turn out well yesterday. So I apologize if that was a little frustrating. I'm sure it was to watch. Uh, but so we, one of the things we talked about yesterday was that Paul mentioned the word prisoner. Uh, in other places, he calls himself the servant of God. Generally speaking, it's a chosen position. He states this simply to say that he, his life is controlled by the master, the prison guard, the master, things of that nature. And it's a chosen position because I have chosen by the God's calling, by God's direction in my life to say, I don't have a direction. God has a direction and I'm going to follow him. But, you know, he says another one that goes a little further down to verse number 13, because the fact that he chooses to be a prisoner results in another thing that happens and has happened many times. If you study the book of Acts, you'll see to Paul. Verse 13 says this, Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory. So he references there that they're not overwhelmed by his tribulations. And so uh, that's really what I want to talk about is these tribulations. Let me explain this verse real quick. Paul, you know, was traveling in missionary journeys, planting churches, and when he'd go into these different towns and begin to teach the gospel, um, most of the people didn't really want to see him. Uh, the people who were Judaistic or followed the old ways were angry. They didn't want this new teaching. They didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. And so in many occasions, he was punished. He was stoned. He was beaten and imprisoned. Um, so there's a many, many occasions like this. So 
he's referencing back saying, I hope you're not overwhelmed by the things I'm going through. And what he's saying is, don't one, don't worry about me. Two, don't, don't stop doing, don't stop following God because you see someone else going through some battles. Yes, unfortunately, there may be times in your Christian life where tribulation is part of your Christian life. So that's really what I want to talk about for the next couple of minutes because uh, there is a thinking sometimes, and albeit this thinking is incorrect, let me explain the thinking and then hopefully explain why I believe it's incorrect. There is a, a, a improper and dangerous thinking that some have when they, in their minds, come to Christianity or come to the church or come to God. They get this idea, my life is falling apart, things are struggling, and the Bible says that God's going to provide all my needs. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to God or come to the church or whatever term they use, and I'm going to come to Him, and my goal is that once I come to Him, He will solve all of my problems. Well, the discouraging part is it doesn't happen. Now, first of all, I will state this. If you come to religion, Christianity, to church, whatever term you use, and if your reason to come to Jesus Christ is to solve all your problems, I'm, I'm going to be very careful in making this comment, but I believe this, you probably never got saved because you're not coming for the right reason. You don't even understand what's going on. The Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. So that means when you come, you have an understanding of why you're coming. If your thinking is, I'm going to come for my own personal benefit, you don't, you're not coming for a biblical reason. It's a very selfish perspective. True salvation begins with conviction, a conviction that I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior, and that God is helping me to recognize that. Now, if you're truly saved, though, and somebody had left you with this impression that God's going to solve your problems, I'm going to start off by telling you, if somebody actually told you that, they were wrong. God is going to walk with you through the problems. He's going to be present. He's going to give you power to endure them. But he's never anywhere in Scripture ever said being in Christ, being saved, being a church will solve it. You think sometimes, well, my church should solve it. There's nowhere in Scripture where God said someone else is going to solve your problems. As a matter of fact, he tells us in the book of James, count it all joy when you go into these trials and temptations. They are part of our lives. It's Psalm 119, 105. That word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. If I follow God's word and I go the right direction, there are going to be times of tribulation. So why then would I want something like that? Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about tribulations. One, they're going to come into your life whether you're saved or not. Right? Trials, struggles, tribulations, stresses, anxieties, whatever term we want to use today, and how they present themselves to us, they are unfortunately part of life. And more than likely, many people come to Christ because of the overwhelming struggles of life without Him. And it's a good reason, by the way. So those things aren't just going to magically disappear. Now, some, some of them, well, yeah, some because I need Christ and some of my decisions are poor and I will now make better decisions. And yes, my life will become better. In Christ, I will, I will act differently. And because of that, my life will change and some bad decisions I make. That's a wonderful truth. But there's another side, though, where sometimes tri tribulations come. Tribulations come because they're part of life. Tribulations come because they might be part of God's calling. Yesterday, we mentioned that God had called Paul to spread the church to the Gentiles, to all non-Jews which is the benefit for us who are non-Jews who enjoy the church. That's his, his calling was to us, that God has equipped each and every one of us. And so in doing that, we state the idea that um, he's going to equip us. And unfortunately, part of that equipping is to endure the tribulation that comes our way. 
And so why would he do that? Well, train us, develop us, teach us. You see, what God has for us to learn, sometimes we can only learn through tribulation. And one, we need to learn what it means to go through these battles. Two, many times we really don't get on our knees before God until we absolutely need to. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was actually a church member encouraging pastors, and he made a comment, which I thought was really great. For a pastor... And I would say this to anybody serving that wants to serve others. For someone to be able to effectively serve other people, they're going to have to go through some things to be able to understand what it means. To have a level of true empathy means you have to have endured some things to understand some of the battles and grief of life. How can I sit there and help encourage somebody having thought that my life should be without pain? But sometimes it's absolutely needed to be effective in what we do. It's also needed to draw closer to God. But verse 13, notice the end of verse 13. He says this, which is your glory. As he grows, it goes to the betterment of the people. As he goes through tribulation, it goes to the betterment of the people. So tribulation is part of life. Tribulation is part of God's calling. Tribulation is part of God's purpose for you. Now, please understand that tribulation, we're not alone in it. God's there. He's always promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He's, he's there to walk through these things with us and to teach us. And we learn about him. We learn about us. So Yes, while I go through tribulations, it's not fun. There's part of it that is rewarding. And I'm telling you, anybody who's gone through biblical tribulations, when they get to the other side and they see God's working in their life, they look back and say, well, I did not enjoy the tribulation. I'm glad I went through them. I grew. I've seen God move. And God at the other end has blessed. And that's what we hope for. Again, battles of life and tribulations are a bit different. But I hope you understand where I'm coming from in this that unfortunately life was never designed to be easy. And when we have God, there's a purpose behind it, which really makes the tribulation a little more endurable because there's a purpose behind what's going on. So whatever you're going through today, I hope that you will recognize that God is aware, God loves you, and he's got a plan behind it. It doesn't necessarily make the physical and emotional battles less obvious, but it does give us something, a level of hope in the midst of those times. And I hope that you will find that hope. I hope you will lean upon that hope. And I hope you'll be reminded today that Christ knows he loves you and he is going to sustain you through these times. Well, again, thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning. We're giving me the wonderful opportunity to be part of your day. And I hope it's an encouragement. If it is a help, I, I encourage you to maybe give a re uh, review on iTunes or some or places like that that can give reviews. Maybe share it with your friends and uh, share it online. We really hope this will continue to be an encouragement. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you join us again tomorrow.